Michelle. I'm Janelle. And I'm Walla. And we are here today to chat with you about procrastination. Procrastination <laughs> station. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you just get a hard on when you think about it? Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> procrastination and the shoulds that come with procrastination <sighs> have killed way more dreams than any no has ever killed. Dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Procrastination is a dream killer. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of an enduring, like evergreen topic too. Full, 100%. <laughs> it's never going to go away completely. Mm-hmm. Never gonna give but there up. are new strategies to deal with it. Absolutely. Sure. I think th- the first thing, though, is like, what is procrastination? It, I feel like when we hear that word, it feels so dirty. I mean, we all want, 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 right? Like, <laughs> that's the fit. It's this like drudge, this like, oh, huge gray cloud that sits over our heads. And oftentimes people feel like when they're procrastinating that there's actually something wrong with them and that they are not capable of doing the thing or that like they've fallen out of love with it, right? right. Like, I had. Like they make meaning of it. Yeah. Like, exactly. Oh, I'm not doing this thing and that must mean that I'm not on my path. Yeah. Or like, it, I'm not meant to do it. Exactly, exactly. Which is such a scary and dangerous thought. And it's also completely the opposite of the truth. I watched this TED Talk with this uh, doctor and, and he talks a lot about the art of procrastination. Not the art. Of, if you've ever waited until yeah, 12 hours before an essay, a thesis eventually. was due. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One day. <laughs> a lot of art is made while procrastinating. Yeah, beautiful it's art. Very it's true. true. It's very true. But I really liked, he created sort of a new a framework around procrastination, a new idea that it's actually not something that sign- signals that there's something wrong with us or that we're not capable of doing the thing. Instead, it is the um, way for us to protect ourselves against failure and mm-hmm. the outcome of what failing looks like. He talks a lot about this thing called the self-worth theory of achievement motivation, uh, which basically is defined as the need to be seen as capable, competent, mm-hmm. and able. And so I, when I think about that in the context of my own life, I haven't necessarily always been in spaces where other people outside of myself have like put a pressure on me to achieve at a high level, but I put that pressure on myself. And so oftentimes when I find myself procrastinating, it, it comes down to this like blend of this like like really strong will and desire to do something Mm -hmm. and the fear of failing at it Mm -hmm. or maybe the fear of like succeeding at it although it's more so failing Mm -hmm. most of the time for me and uh and and it cripples me it stops me from doing it it really has nothing to do with me not being able to to do it I just I don't want to fail I don't want to look bad I don't want to look stupid I don't want to look incompetent and So, yeah, I think a lot of people deal with that and don't understand what exactly it is they're dealing with. And so we have to kind of learn how to step outside of the procrastination itself and realize we want to do this thing. I think one of the things that helps reframe that idea or one of the the ways that you can come out of that procrastination is remembering procrastination is a way that we protect ourselves from from failure. And I think also, too, it's like a safe it's a safeguard. Right. So if we procrastinate all the way up until the final hour of something and we don't do very well on it, we it's a built in excuse. Right. Well, I only if I actually had two weeks to work on it, it would have been so much better. But, you know, considering exactly what I worked with, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Or if we like do really, really well at that, then it's like procrastination works. You know, like I can procrastinate on everything, which is a dangerous game. Right. Well, if you have ADHD or you have a squiggly brain, Mm. then like your brain needs that those extreme norepinephrine and dopamine hits. Mm. So you actually get into that cycle of procrastination where 
when you procrastinate, your anxiety goes up. It's procrastination is a form of self-violence, right? Mm-hmm. It all that it does is it make you worry more. Mm-hmm. So you're out at dinner on Friday night, procrastinating, putting off that thing that's due on Monday morning, mm-hmm. and you're at dinner, and part of you is saying, "I should be at home writing that thing mm-hmm. or doing that thing because mm-hmm. it's due on Monday." And then, so you're not actually present. You're not enjoying yourself. You're not totally free. You have mm-hmm. a little bit of anxiety in your head, and as the deadline creeps up more and more, that anxiety gets bigger and bigger. And those are the like someone with a squiggly brain or with ADHD needs much more um, stimulus where they have an understimulated brain. So they need that extra stimulus of anxiety instead of a level two anxiety. They need a level 10 anxiety in order to get into action. And that often means that they wait until the very last minute or past a deadline. And then that dopamine hit is so sweet when you finish something. And then in order to regulate your system, you now have too much dopamine, so you need, and you have too much novelty, so now you need more norepinephrine. You need, that's, those are the two chemicals that help you focus. So procrastination is almost, for some people, it can feel necessary. That's why, mm-hmm. oh, I can't do this until the hour before it's due. I like literally sit down to try and do it, and I cannot do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because you've trained yourself to get into that cycle, and trust me, I know it well. Yeah. Oh, same. I was like, oh, yeah. hi, my name's Janelle and I'm a procrastinator. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> Serial exactly. procrastinator. Yeah. And there's this like part of us that knows like the wor- the thought work, you know, of like, oh, I'm actually self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. I'm preventing myself from like failing, but I'm also not acting. It's like I'm in this weird liminal space. And yet, like I can't help but do it. It's kind of like both the anatomy of our brain that's working against us in a way and also like yeah the way that we think about ourselves and sort of the strategy that we're taking yeah yeah and I think it's emphasized when you're working alone a lot too mm-hmm. when you're somebody who maybe freelances or you work from home even with other teams but you spend a lot of time alone mm-hmm. there's not a lot of accountability potentially built into your schedule or if you're managing your own schedule all of this is heightened mm-hmm. tenfold And then so you have to rely on a lot of willpower, which doesn't last very long as the days and weeks go on. You have a very limited supply of willpower. And so relying on that is kind of also setting yourself up to fail. And then you become identified with that. It's a vicious cycle. It is. It really is. Extremely rude. It's particularly like difficult. I mean, it's difficult for everybody who's dealing Mm -hmm. with it. And I was thinking about like creatives as well, right? Because you're not under a deadline or unless somebody's commissioning something specific, you are, you're left to your own devices in terms of, you know, making your next project and creating something or a container for yourself to like really do the thing that you do. And yeah, I think that there's a lot of that like Mm self-sabotage talk in the creative world. Yeah, Uh, Because when we're not creating, we're not doing anything we're not doing our thing Mm -hmm. and how can we expect to build a career or a life or Mm -hmm. make money if we're not doing the thing that we're set we've set out to do and yeah I don't yeah and I don't necessarily I mean self-sabotage self-sabotage is very real I don't define procrastination as self-sabotage I don't think that's what it is I think we've been trained to believe that that's what we're doing but again when with the new sort of framework around procrastination and protecting yourself safeguarding it's just another strategy but the question always becomes does that strategy actually work Right. For you. Yeah. I mean, another thing, I think the like pendulum kind of swings between these two extremes of I'm procrastinating. I'm a creative. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a solopreneur. I'm someone who doesn't really have to be accountable to anyone but myself. And I have to pay my rent. And that's like pretty much it. So my deadlines or my goals or whatever are kind of like fake and amorphous mm-hmm. versus, oh, I am 
a, I know that I need to set really strong goals for myself. I know that I need to create these like boundaries for myself. And that actually becomes super rigid Mm. because you're like, I need to get this thing done. And it's like a fake deadline that you've created for yourself that either you know is a fake deadline. So you ignore it (laughs) or you get yourself into that cycle and you've built this cycle for yourself, which I think happens a ton of procrastinating oh my God, being so stressed up to the deadline. Fuck, I have to put this thing out when it's like, well, you're the only one who cares when it goes out. Mm -hmm. Like nobody, like nobody knows that you're Mm -hmm. supposed to send the email on Tuesday morning. Mm -hmm. Yes, it might impact your sales, but like you could send it on Tuesday afternoon. You could send it on Wednesday morning probably. And like finding that happy medium between, okay, how do I create some structure for myself? Because that's important Mm -hmm. to your point, Janelle, on like continuing to grow as a person, being prolific as a creator, that means showing up consistently every single day. And on the days that we don't want to show up, which happen a lot, yeah. mm-hmm. habits are the things that we can fall back on mm-hmm. to when we don't want to be creative, when we don't like when we can't get a boner up for our work, when we're not inspired. That's when we rely on our habits to like help us get through those times of darkness, of depression, of like not really knowing why we're doing the thing. And when we procrastinate, it often means that our habits fall by the wayside mm-hmm. or we have we actually have a, a dearth of habits. And I think that kind of goes into extended mind theory. Yeah. What I like about extended mind theory specifically is that it's a framework to use to understand that your brain is not necessarily a muscle or a computer. It's much more complex than that. If you work your brain harder in one direction, that doesn't mean that you're going to get the thing done that you set out to do. Sometimes you actually need to do something entirely different to extend your mind in a direction that you really couldn't conceive yeah that's like when you sit down and you're like i'm gonna force myself to be at this computer for the next three hours and i finish this thing and you wake like look up three hours later and you're like i haven't done anything no and that's actually one of the things we were talking about before we recorded is you were saying janelle one of the things that helps you get into flow state when you're procrastinating is doing something completely different. Yeah, I have to get my mind off of the thing that I think I'm supposed to be doing because I, I mean, I very much am a believer. We've said this a, a couple of times that anytime you're creating anything, you know, be it in art or in business or whatever, and it's business is an art, all of it. It's all coming from this like elusive creative genius, right? That I think Elizabeth Gilbert, yeah, that, yeah, mm-hmm. talks about. Yeah, shout out, shout out, Liz, <laughs> Liz, love you, Liz. And so I when I don't feel like I'm channeling that or tuned into my own elusive creative genius, I just have to get away. I need to get into something that makes me feel good because I think that genius comes when you are at a state of not necessarily rest, although it definitely comes in rest, but like relaxation and an ease and flow and not, uh, tenseness and so if I can get out into a garden or if I can play a game or like talk to a friend or do just do something that like is going to bring me joy I'm more likely to tap into that genius than if I were to sit in front of a computer and like try and force it to come Mm. yeah and extended mind theory talks to that specifically two of the people who actually coined this in a paper Andy Clark and David Chalmers, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. They describe it as an active role of the environment in driving our cognitive processes. And there's a limit to what our brains can absorb and the rest we collect in our unconscious. And there's a limit to our mental bandwidth. So when we're taking in certain information, we're storing that in our unconscious to be accessed later. And that means access through movement, through sight, through touch, through smell, through igniting the senses 
and through really tapping into the body in a different way. So be, that inspiration, that muse can land on your shoulder and you can be open to it versus trying to use like the left brain all the time. And what we talk about a lot is what we can do differently when we're in a group or we're, when we're in a setting that promotes inspiration that promotes deep work that promotes concentration and how important that is to plan for and curate for in your work life and in your week when possible yeah which is why we talk a lot about or have spoken a bit about quantum con which is specifically curated for for that experience to get you out of that space of feeling of stuckness right Mm -hmm. one you're obviously in a different environment uh, and you're around people who are doing uh, the same thing, but but maybe in different ways. And you're offered tools to to get out of your head, to get out of the way that you have been approaching a topic or a subject or a project, which is, I think, important for anybody at all times. I think even when things feel like, you know, they've been working, I think everything always needs change just to freshen it up because things get stale inevitably no matter what. Mm-hmm. But especially now, I think there's a lot of feeling of not being able to, to get things done because we've been in a very strange couple of years since March 2020 I think we've all been procrastinating Mm -hmm. on something yeah (laughs) also too because it felt like at the beginning of you know the pandemic we all needed to be doing something grand and great and wonderful and so we all were like these like fountains of ideas yeah Mm -hmm. um and a lot of great ideas and ideas that I'm sure like a, a lot of you are listening to are like, yeah, like that, you know, like doing that thing, like having like dog parties every week, you know, where people can come and like have dog dates. Like that was a great idea. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I definitely did have that idea at some point in the last couple of years. I'm like, I should try that out. Um, yeah. Maybe somebody <laughs> listening to it will do it. But, <laughs> but like that was a great idea. And like, I actually really want to do take the step or take the leap to get that done. We've been in the space of like, not being able to do it like this whole Mm -hmm. all these past two years have been this like these desires to do these things and the fear of of failing at it you know because we haven't done it before or there's so many other people who are doing you know doing things and we see them on instagram we see them in this you know on social media but also like what happens when we see them in real life and we're working alongside of them and like we feed off of that energy because we recognize oh we can do the same thing too Mm -hmm. um, with our own ideas and our own creative genius and so yeah i think that's a lot of the of, that's a big reason why quantum con we created quantum con and thought that we created quantum con and thought it would be a great idea to invite the community to or people who are feeling um that sense of procrastination or just like lack of motivation or inspiration all the asians yeah something that really strikes me in particular about extended mind theory but that comes up with procrastination is really how physical it is. Mm -hmm. And when we've been stuck in our houses or in the same environment over and over again, that sort of like takes away the variables that will trigger a new idea, a new thought, a new way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And in extended mind theory there, she, Annie Murphy Paul talks a lot about gesturing and gestural foreshadowing as basically Mm -hmm. a, a way for us to come up. Like actually what I was just doing with my hand was, sort of making this like circle and we'll do it often as human beings to describe what we're trying to make someone understand. Mm -hmm. So I'm making my hand almost go in like a circle, like I'm locking in an idea because when we do this in and we use our words, it can help us actually find the words. Mm. In fact, we will find the movement sometimes before we even find um, it like consciously in our brain, what we're trying to describe to somebody Mm -hmm. and who invented, was it, Johannes Salk, who invented, like, who really, like, 
<laughs> Shit, what did he invent? Iambic Penicillin. Iambic pentamin. So <laughs> in his in his um, lab, he would basically mm. he would do this theory, which mm. is that sometimes we need to act out or dance out or move out mm-hmm. of a concept mm-hmm. and make it show up physically in our bodies before we have the words to articulate it. So he would act like a germ attacking or a cell attacking a germ in order to understand like how to basically create penicillin and like develop germ theory. That's cool. Wow, the inventor of penicillin, who would have thought? You, but you, they, they like have descriptions of him like using his arms and like acting like a germ that's like, he would like run across his studio or his lab and like attack. And I think that we do this a lot when we're kids. Yes. Like we'll, what we play Imagine and play. it's not that we have to get up and like dance or like be silly, but just using our bodies in a different way, even like sitting in a different way, getting mm-hmm. to a new space, like walking around, walking around perhaps a garden or an oasis in the middle of Los Angeles, <laughs> you know, like t- even taking a phone call and walking around and doing it or taking a walking meeting can change the way that your brain actually thinks it can change what's coming up for you. And I think if we if we're feeling like we're stuck, there are some things that we can immediately shift that can make a huge difference. And often we can shift our environment and that can be the thing that makes a difference. Now, if you can't like get out of your house, change where you sit, change the orientation of your desk Mm -hmm. in your in your room or wherever you might be. Maybe even like, I don't know, start your day with a walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. start with a brainstorming session. Mm-hmm. Or if you have to call into a meeting, see if you can like, you can do it over the phone as opposed to on Zoom. Mm-hmm. I just got a little mini treadmill to go under my desk because it like <laughs> helps me get some yeah. action, you know. At, Thoughts in motion. Yeah. And it really does make a difference. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. crazy. To your point, Anna Murphy Paul also talks about what we miss when we're just over Zoom or text message or communicating online is that when we're with people, we're subtly always mimicking people's energy through our bodies Mm -hmm. and we're trying to interpret their body language through how that feels in our body. Yeah. And we're so sensitive to it, Mm -hmm. but we barely realize that and perceive that. So when people are like, oh, I'm so zoomed out, I can't do another Zoom, it's because we're missing so many of these cues that we're used to, like, that we're used to... uh, what's the word bouncing off from like Mm -hmm. taking um it's like turning off some of your senses and instead of having five senses you only get three senses to work with you're like overworking them in a way and just even how often i mean maybe this is just one giant ad for second home but (laughs) (laughs) we love you (laughs) or people make those jokes about the water cooler conversation Mm. but it really it adds up and it sometimes sparks inspiration or a conversation you overhear even as you're walking on the street to and from somewhere or a coffee shop, what have you. But it all really does add up to extending your cognitive processes. Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I don't, I think you were going to connect the point. I was going to talk a little bit about also community and like, just like the basic community. I don't know if you want to say your point. I was just going to talk about body doubling. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think beyond like whether it's, I'm going to go back. I think whether you're in a coffee shop or a co-working space or sometimes even on a Zoom, Mm -hmm. body doubling is really helpful to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it's this concept that's particularly useful for people who are neurodivergent, who have ADHD or ADD or are just neurodivergent across the board. 
But basically, when you can match someone else's energy and like literally mirror their body, because we have mirror neurons in, in our brains that help us respond appropriately and sort of stabilize with whoever is in the room with us. If someone else is sitting at their computer and is focused on their computer, that can be the thing. It's almost like you like jump on their train mm -hmm. and you can sit and focus at your computer when when you were doing it by yourself, you could not. Yeah. You absolutely could not do mm -hmm. it. You couldn't get in there. All you need is someone else sitting beside you. They don't even need to talk to you. They mm -hmm. don't need to be working with you. They don't need to even need to know you. Mm -hmm. That's why coffee shops can be so useful to mm -hmm. so many people. Yeah, absolutely. Just neurons, baby. Yeah. I, I love all the science mm -hmm. and I'm sure there's a science to this as well. And <laughs> it's very similar in terms of body doubling, but like just also on a very base level, just being a part of a community, a community of entrepreneurs, a community mm -hmm. of, of yeah. you know, creative people, whatever mm -hmm. it is, or just a community of like women, non-binary. I think that just in itself also is helpful and, mm. and producing or and getting work done or again like finding inspiration you know you talk yeah. about the water cooler conversations I think just knowing that you're not alone yeah you know I think when we feel alone and isolated like a lot of us have felt in the last couple of years yeah. it almost kind of feels like what's the point right what's the point of any of this you or know? like nobody knows if I don't get this thing done yeah. so yeah it's like, like a silent accountability right. right yeah I think that there's something to putting yourself in, in a community or being a part of one that is conducive to good work and work that you feel proud of or work that you feel inspired by. And that's what we're doing at QuantumCon. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And in Annie Murphy Paul's book, Extended Mind Theory, she talks about they're, you know, having supplies around you to help you see your pro your old problem that you're stuck on through a new lens. And we really thought about that when we were curating the Quantum Con Get Shit Done Weekend experience. Like, what tools would you need? What gifts? What books? What tarot cards? What experiences would you need as someone who maybe wants to get something done but has felt just stuck for months, years even? And how can we not only give you the perfect environment, but also give you these tools so that the next time this happens, you have them in your toolkit. So you don't have to necessarily go to a 48-hour weekend to get to break through a creative block, but you can actually pull out your handy-dandy notebook, mm -hmm. <laughs> your bingo card, and be like, oh, right, right. That's how, oh, I know how to do this. Like, I know how to solve this problem. And that, to me, is way more empowering. Like, just knowing that there's, that you can figure it out, you know, mm -hmm. that you're not just stuck in, I don't know, like purgatory forever. And not to mention we're providing some awesome tools and workshops. Yeah. Not only in the environment and food, we feed you, we can't clothe you, but. <laughs> well, we actually well, will yeah. clothe you. Oh, <laughs> Sweatshirts, oh, yeah. socks, cozy okay. clothes. Yeah, we kind of like envisioned this with three different paths, like the type of people that would be coming to Quantum Con. The first person is someone who's, like making content. Maybe you're making your first course or you're writing your book proposal or um, you're writing a bunch of blog content and you're batching all of it. The next person is someone who's building out their marketing and branding. Maybe you're doing copywriting on your website or you're building your website or you're doing that high level strategy for your social media or for your email. And then finally, the third track is like, you know, the spring cleaning of it all. Maybe someone who's finally trying to get to inbox zero or is organizing their notion or looks at their desktop and realizes that they have 700 screenshots that are <laughs> not filed away and they are running out of memory space, disk space, and it is time to find a new solution or system but those are the things that often just keep getting punted to next week to next month to next year and just carving out the space will make you feel so 
good. Yeah. And so alongside each of those three sort of tracks, we came up with two workshops for each of those tracks to help you get unstuck and to give you even more tools to like kind of run with the weekend and get the most out of it. And they're optional, you know, optional yeah, workshops yeah. that you can drop into if you're feeling excited by them. But if you don't, that's okay too. We'll record them for all of our attendees so you don't miss anything, no FOMO. But you can watch them, you know, when you feel delighted, inspired to. Inspired, yeah. I just can't wait to see what comes out of it. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. this has almost been a pregnant pause the last mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like people's blooms are like ready to pop through the surface, yeah. you know, of the soil and just like poke their little gorgeous heads out. And mm-hmm. I just can't wait to see what happens. The books get ri- that get yes. written, the yes. courses that get made, the connections that get like that people make, the spring cleaning that happens on your computer or just like in your life and how that feels, you know, you know that feeling when you like finish a really big book and you get to the last mm. page and you're just like, oh, it feels so good. That's how you're going to feel at the end of Quantum Con. Get yeah. shit done weekend. Like, Absolutely. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm likening everything to an orgasm right now. Like, oh, <laughs> the way that you're describing it is like is what it feels like. And I was like closing my eyes as I was saying it. <laughs> just little ground, little moan, you know. But it is like that's exactly what it is. And then even after, I think the the idea too is to have you walk away feeling and knowing, right? Like you are very much capable. Um, like yeah. Michelle, like you, you mentioned, are much like, capable. You have, yeah, you much capable. You're much, <laughs> much, much capable. You capable much. And yeah, having the tools, walking away, but also just like leaving an experience with that energy, yeah. you know, yeah. and being able to carry that into the next thing. Oh, it's and sustaining. Yeah, it's like life-giving. It yeah. Exactly. It's absolutely life-giving. It gives you, I mean, so much momentum, so much space. And yeah, and just like the the motivation to keep that energy going. And and then, yeah, and then maybe the next weekend you'll be creating your own at-home retreat, you know? Without that. <laughs> That's what we hope for. I can't wait to meet people. I know. I'm so excited to meet people. It's the mix. So good. So make sure that you sign up for QuantumCon. It is the weekend of April 30th and May 1st here in LA. So you've got plenty of time to still book flights, to book hotels, to maybe even find someone in the Holisticism Hub who lives in LA who you could stay with and hang out with. And our early bird pricing ends on March 31st. And full price ticketing starts on April 1st. Yes. So get, get ye early. into QuantumCon. And there's a cool, cute little like quiz that you take to sign up that'll tell you which track you're most likely like to, to pick and choose. But we just can't wait to have you and we can't wait to see you. We can't wait for this to go super, super well and to sell out so that we can do it in more cities and more places. But Bring we got to do this one first. It's a big experiment. So yeah. if you know someone in LA who would love Quantum Con, Get yeah. Shit Done Weekend, send them the email. Send them to holisticism.party and get them to come. And if you are a business owner, a small business owner, and you have a team, mm-hmm. we have a special team offer. So just shoot yeah. us an email at Janelle at Oholisticism and we will hook up your team so you all can have this deep work weekend. Oh, it'd it's, be so good yeah, as a team. Yeah, I'm jealous. So fun, right? Yeah. And by the way, you can also get this paid for by your employer. Yeah. So we've got a whole email for you, a template that we'll put in the show notes that you can send to your employer to get them to pay for QuantumCon weekend. And if you're a business owner, you can write this off. Like, come on, there's no reason not to come. Plus you get a swag bag with like hundreds of dollars worth of swag inside of it of all of our favorite products. Uh, You guys, it's just going to be an amazing weekend. Yeah, 100%. We're feeding you. Can't go wrong. We're clothing you. So sign up, holisticism.party. Can't wait to see you there and get shit done with you. Want to see your beautiful faces and get shit done. All right. I think that's it. That's our episode Procrastination. Yeah. Pounded. Extend your mind with us. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> You're going to love that theory. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you at Quantum Con. Yeah. And we'll be back next week. See you on the internet. Bye. Bye.